Hello and welcome to the Spacebar podcast. I'm Molly and I'm your host today. In this episode, we're going to talk about remote working with some of our guests. We've got John, our managing director, Jake, our operations director, Erica, our head of people and culture, Hannah, our finance director, and Stephen, our strategy director. Welcome to the podcast. Um, Space 48, like many businesses, went remote on the 13th of March 2020 due to the pandemic. The difference here is, as a business, we chose to close our offices permanently and go remote and embrace a new work culture. Now we're two years into this new work environment. How are we finding it? What have we learned and what challenges have we faced? We've grown exponentially as a company since then too. Does being remote have a part to play in it? Let's find out from some of the key people in our business. John, I'm going to start with you. Um, we're two years into remote working. Can you talk me through what we've learned as a business? Any positives, challenges? I can try. I can try. <laughs> I think I'm very fortunate to be joined by uh, uh, very important members of the Space 48 team today as well uh, that, that have played a big part in making it possible over the last couple of years. I'd say, first of all, that... Um, we, we, I guess, have been uh, successful during this time. I think that is based a lot on the people that we've got, the trust that we've got in the team, which has allowed us to make the changes that we've made. I honestly feel like if if the pandemic had have happened, I don't know, four years ago or three years ago, whatever it may be, the business wasn't quite in the shape that it's in now and we would have really struggled. So I think what we're able to share with you today is our version of it. And anyone that's listening in should just take into consideration that each situation would be unique, their own situation would be unique. So we were fortunate in a sense or lucky that we'd made a lot of changes we needed to make to get ourselves into the right shape first of all. And then what the business is, is I guess, built on then is the the trust that exists in the business. I do think that um, opportunity and um, experimentation in the business is something that's very positively encouraged. So for us to be on the front foot and quite proactive and perhaps being one of the first businesses that did go remote, considering I think you said there it was like the it was Friday the thirteenth from memory. Me and Stephen were chatting about it this morning, sat in PKB in Manchester that probably the last time we actually sat in PKB in Manchester in the coffee shop there would have been March the twelfth or whatever. Yep. Yeah, so um you know, we uh uh this change just came around and we just embraced it. The whole business did. It was almost like we didn't skip a beat. You know, we went we went remote uh, just overnight. We're very fortunate that the business can do that because of the way that we work. Um, and we just got set up that next day and didn't look back, really. Uh, there's someone in the business that, that, that also said that despite the fact that we were remote and we were all, you know, in theory, physically further away from each other, we were actually closer together because I think by being 100% remote, we're all working on the same... Uh, on the same basis, communicating with each other through a screen. We have lots of questions around how could we make this work in a hybrid way? I know we've got some experiences of that, both good and bad, in terms of how best to run meetings remotely, um, where we've got uh, hybrid sort of meetings happening. If you've got a few people in the room and then everyone else remote, those meetings get really disjointed. But I'd say in terms of our success and what we've learned from coming through to it, it is founded on the team, the culture that we've got, uh, the ability that the teams had to to um, to make that happen, and but people that are obviously around the table with us today that have played a big part in that in that success. Nice, that's a nice segue into the culture of our business. So I'm going to go to you, Erica, as head of people and culture. Um, how have you found your role in the remote aspect of the business and developing that culture? 
my role's been really, really busy because um, obviously we're growing at quite a, a rapid rate. Um, so with all those new people coming in, I've had to learn really, really quickly because um, the, the role of head of people and culture is still quite new in, in the scheme of things to me. Um, I've had to adapt really quickly to that, figuring things out as we go. Um, and I think it's really important to learn lessons if you make mistakes, um, which is a huge part of our culture anyway. Um, and working as a team to, to get things done because... Obviously, there's just one of me, um, but we've got lots of people coming in. So it's great that I've had the support of the team around to, to sort of make all those new starters coming on board a success. I think it's had a, a culture. It's really easy to make a decision on what the culture should look like. But you can't do that because you don't know how that's going to land with the team. And are they going to be engaged with what you what your vision is? Um, so it's it's really important that we influence the culture by hiring people who show the behaviours and values and ways of working um, that drive our culture because I think a lot of people use sort of culture fit it's quite a woolly term isn't it and it's kind of a get out for not hiring someone I think that's it's quite insulting really so we're looking for people that aren't just a fit but that bring something else to the team as well um, and I think one of the challenges that, that we've had is how do we communicate what our culture is um, because in this remote world there have been loads of people join the team who weren't part of the team when we had an office. Um, so when you've been part of the team in an office, you pick up the culture by just being around it. And especially if you were there at the beginning, sort of in 2018, when we designed what the culture was going to look like. So I think the simplest thing to do and what we've done is just ask the people in the team, what are the things about the culture that they want to defend? What are the things they want to see more of? So that's kind of an ongoing project to help us communicate what the what the culture's like, um, and then we're going to put together a sort of a culture manifesto, if you will, I don't know what to call it, um, that sort of makes people, gives them a really clear idea about what our culture's like. But it's one thing putting it in writing, but you've kind of got to lead by example as well. Um, so we we show people what our culture's like right at the beginning, so right at application stage when they apply for a job. When they come for the interview, um, they're asked a sort of a series of questions around behaviours and values. And that, again, gives them a flavour of what what we're like and what we're looking for. Um, And then when they come on board, they have buddies um, to sort of get them, help get them settled. Everything's very friendly. And I think we've got quite a kind, compassionate culture as well as being very sort of supportive and collaborative. Um, And I think what I was trying to think about what, you know, what makes our culture great, because sometimes it's quite hard. It's a hard thing to put your finger on, really. But... We're very transparent as well, so we share a lot with the team. So the team are really heavily involved in a lot of the decisions we make. Um, So when we set company objectives, for example, we get people involved. You know, we had a big half-day workshop so everyone could contribute. Um, And, you know, we keep people informed of our sort of plans for the future. And I think all of that kind of stuff really helps drive a really positive culture. Um, And to keep it going we encourage and sort of praise the things that we see that are good, that we want to encourage, and then kind of use a collaborative uh, approach to problem solving as well, which kind of helps get rid of the things that aren't maybe so great. Yeah, I fully agree with that. I was one of those people that joined the business not being in the office, and I had no issues like coming into the culture at all or seeing the culture. I guess the buddy system really helped. Um, and also, I guess, how I found it was... You're starting off and you're having half an hour conversations with people straight away rather than 
You know, if you're just being taught, walked around an office, you've got quickly, hi, this is so-and-so from this department. You've forgotten their name by the next person. Right. So it actually makes you get to know people a lot quicker. So strange, you're remote, but you feel more connected. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. You've got the name in the corner it's of the screen as well. <laughs> it reminds you. So like, you don't yeah. forget the name. It's really it's really Genuinely handy. Genuinely the best thing about being remote. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Um, Jake, I'm going to come on to you because we were just talking about, you know, recruiting whilst remote and stuff like that. Um Obviously, you deal a lot with the recruitment side of the business as well. Um, we've seen that being remote can widen the talent pool. Has this helped change our recruitment strategy? Um, and do you think we've actually benefited from being remote? We've definitely benefited from being remote. We wouldn't have been able to grow um, a scale in the way that we have. I think the thing that changes it goes back to a point that John was making about what changed, um, if you like, almost psychologically with the business when you stop being surrounded by brick walls and you're just, um, at the time when we went remote, around 40 people that were just, you know, connected, you know, by Google Meet and we were just having to having to talk like that. But, you know, the week before we were spread across, you know, potentially four offices, you know, we did have people in Manchester and, and Bath, um, but then we had uh, Stephen in Ireland and we had people who were spending time down in London and the, 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 we were already technically in a position to be able to support anybody working from anywhere but we weren't mentally ready for it um forcing that change on us the benefit that we got from recruitment was that immediately we were recruiting the talent we were recruiting the person we weren't thinking how do we get somebody 15 miles from within manchester or you know 10 miles outside bath because that was it that was the the catchment area for everybody we could ever hire um going remote meant well write a job description let's figure out who's the very best person that we need for this role and then we can advertise it and recruit that way and that that didn't happen overnight that was still quite tricky because we had all the old habits all the old systems to the only way that we knew how to recruit was the old way um once we got into our stride though we very quickly were able to start recruiting people uh, you know quite quickly and we were able to just dismiss the idea of where they were geographically in fact it became an interesting question erica and i have probably done I want to say a few hundred interviews over the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, possibly <laughs> 2,000. Um, but genuinely, it becomes quite a novel question towards the end of the interview of asking them where they are in the world. Um, and it's quite a serious, it has become quite a serious because now we are recruiting people in different time zones. Um, so we're quite happy to work um, plus three, minus three from UK time. And we're stretching that now as well. We're, you know, we're comfortable enough to be able to do it. Um, but just finding out where people are in the, like initially was the UK um, and then spreading it out to the rest of the world. Um, it required a mental shift more than anything else. Um, we were ready to do it, but we had to make, get there in our own minds, I think. I said before that we're uh, a culture based on experimentation, but genuinely it's the experiment we'd never have done. You know, it took a huge outside, a huge outside influence or something that no no one could have predicted, I guess, to make us actually go and do that. But like Jake, Jake said, we were actually ready for it. We just didn't realise. I think that's a testament to Space 48's culture, though, isn't it? Like the openness and openness to experimentation and things like that. Yeah. I was also going to say the existing team, though. Everyone was we knew were was close either to Manchester or Bath office, and actually there's people that we probably retained that we might have lost because actually they wanted to move, they didn't want to be in city centre Manchester, so we've definitely got the existing team have got more freedom. Um, we've seen them go abroad as well, where people have got family and friends abroad, so it allows that flexibility. So as well as recru recruitment, it allows the retention as well, and the opportunity there for people. I agree with that. 
Yeah, that's a good point about retention. Stephen, I'm going to go on to you. Um, your team's grown rapidly. How have you found Team Connection where we've hired people, you've not even met everyone in person? Yeah, well, we have grown really, really fast uh, from uh, the idea of a CX team, probably about commerce experience team, probably about two and a half years ago to now kind of pushing 15 people. And um, I think the only way we've been able to maintain kind of communication uh, within the team has really been around trying to break it down because I think, you know, we've learned probably over the last kind of six months or so that, you know, kind of team meetings of 14 or 15 people don't work anymore and we need to kind of break it down into practices. So, um, and I think, um, I think, you know, the way, the way the, the individual teams kind of communicate, they've kind of formed their own practices themselves around what, what works for them. Um, I'm, I'm kind of like, a, I'm not a, a practitioner necessarily within the team, so I t tend to take responsibility for just the team leaders. And then the team leaders manage the communication internally within those teams. Um, I think remote um, has been challenging, um, I think, for us all. Um, uh, I think, um, uh, for me, uh, when, when we originally went remote, I was like the first remote person in the business. Like, I, like everybody had their offices that they went into and I was kind of sat in my room and would be, yeah, and would be dialing into, uh, would be dialing into calls and meetings. Um, and when we went remote initially, like at one point I was kind of, wow, I don't have to get in a plane anymore. I don't have to go over to Manchester. And obviously that the, the novelty wore off pretty quickly and I wanted to travel again. Uh, one of the things that's really exciting now is the ability to get back out into the world. I think as a... As a business, while we're remote, it doesn't prevent us from meeting up like this event and, and other things that we've organized more recently. I think the transition into, you know, physical contact again is is really exciting for everybody to to be able to physically connect with people again. And I think, you know, we're gonna see more of that over the next kind of twelve months or so as society opens back up again. Um and I think um like a hybrid version of the world is going to start to appear which um, I think is exciting for everybody, yeah. Yeah, I think that's it, isn't it? Everyone seems to get excited when we're meeting up because we're doing like yeah. at least on a monthly basis, but yeah. sometimes more and just makes that physical contact like a lot more exciting, yeah. doesn't it? Eric and I get asked about it a lot um, in recruitment. People asking like, what are you going to do when the pandemic ends? What are you going to do? You know, are you going to be fully remote? Are you ever going to meet up? Are you going to do more? And it's a difficult question to answer because you want to kind of say, well, we know, we definitely know, but in truth, we don't. I think what we settled on is an idea of uh, like, like meetup culture, isn't it? Where we're, we're actively encouraging people to say, if you want to work together with somebody, if you want to get together as a group, go for it because it's, it's only going to be better. And it, you, rather than saying, we're all going to meet up on this day in this office for our once a month, get everybody together, um, which logistically would be very difficult and probably not the right thing to do anyway. And what seems to have worked already, and that's just from the start of this year, is giving people the flexibility, the, the, the trust to just say, if you want to meet up, you, you arrange it, it's fine. Um, and so far, that, that does seem to have worked. My only concern with that is that I think there's some people in the business that will take the initiative and they'll perhaps be the type of people that like to organize things and get people together so maybe easy for us to sit around this table to say that i'm i am mindful of and i know b um b jake and hannah met up last week for something and um 
it was really good to get out of the house and have some, you know, just have some time to meet up. And we were spending time looking at numbers and what we're going to do next year and plans and stuff like that. And then me and Jake have had some lunch together. Um, kind of missed out, unfortunately. <laughs> she had a call to go to. Yeah. Don't want to remind her about that. I shouldn't have said I'll that. I'll clear my diary next time. <laughs> um, it's rubbish because you weren't there. I don't know. The pork scratchings were pretty good. They were good to be yeah, fair. Yeah. Um, and the pie mash. Um, okay, leave it. Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I think the, the point I'm trying to make is um, we, we're doing that. My concern is these people in the business that maybe don't feel that they can do that. They don't feel that they can just say, can I go and do this thing? I mean, maybe there's the opposite where someone just goes and does a thing and they're not really thinking about what people are doing around them. So I think there's still some stuff for us to, to work out there. Um, a fairly throwaway comment that I made last week uh, was, was just about making it more accessible for people because if you're meeting up and it's planned, that can be great and productive in different ways. But maybe if there is somewhere in between that you say, okay, well, actually we have hubs in certain cities that are accessible for people to go to should they want to. I think I think that is potentially something that we would look at. I'm not saying we'd commit to it right now. We've got things to work out. Uh, we'll, we'll wait until we've got a plan, obviously. But um, that's something that I've got going through my mind about people in the business that just don't see they've got that opportunity. Mm. I think it's interesting as well about this idea of like the various different versions of remote working that we've all been through as well. Like um, remote working, you know, pre-pandemic, like businesses were effectively set up to be a remote working company. A lot of businesses have had to transition into that. But everybody's first experience that's had, that have had to transition into that was like remote working and lockdown. Mm. Which yeah, is like yeah. okay, it's isolation I actually than cannot. Remote, isn't it? Yeah, I cannot leave the house, so I'm working in my bedroom in my makeshift office for like the next six months. Or in Ireland, if it was if it, with our restrictions, it was like forever. You know, we we're never coming out of lockdown, and so that like you've you know, and that, that everybody's first experience of that. That's what I, that's what I gonna be. That's what I find really interesting is what happens next. You know, because I remember the first time when we were in remote work and then restrictions were lifted, and I remember going to a coffee shop and bringing my laptop with me and taking a photograph of it. And I think I sent it into yeah, the channel. And I was like, I can't believe I'm out of the house and they've let me into a coffee shop and I'm working here. And that was what it, that was the way I used to work because I was remote and everybody else was in the office and I would go out. And, and, and so that, that the idea that a, the business transitioned into a very weird version of remote working and we're, we're, we're slowly coming out of that. And I don't think we as a business and lots of other businesses like us have quite worked out what this next year is going to look like. I think that's true. I, I definitely agree with that. I think the, the the shock that everybody like collectively has gone through over the last two years that initially going into full lockdown working. I think you you when you you said it on one of our. Uh, like regular meetings with the whole business when you said we're not remote working we're working in isolation and I think everybody started nodding their head and I think we're now going to go into something new and we don't know what it's going to look like we don't know the answer um, but Erica to your point I think it's the culture that's going to get us there because um, we don't need we don't need to know the answer right now we just need to know that we'll get there together whatever it looks like well it's that adaptability isn't it because we were able to adapt the first time so I feel confident in the culture in the business to be able to adapt to whatever the next phase looks like you know like that's one of the things like the culture within the business is built on very sound foundations um, and so I think whatever whatever comes next is we're going to take it in our stride but I think it's really important that we remember that a lot of people have been quite damaged by the the 
experiences of the past two years and I think a lot of people are really nervous about meeting up in person so either for health reasons or for reasons because they've spent the past two years alone and it's really weird being thrown back into a social situation so I think as long as people know that we'll we support them whatever they choose to do so if they don't want to come and work in a group for a bit that's totally fine um, they're not going to miss out you know we're not they're not going to be penalized for it um but on the flip side it's really important that those people who do want to get out and meet people and work in groups that we can you know they know that we support that and to show them that they've got autonomy to do it i think that's the one of the key things about keeping the culture great isn't it is is giving people autonomy um and trust, I think, like you said, John. Yeah, absolutely. It's really important. Yeah. I don't think there's anything more important than culture for me. It's like the num- number one thing that you, you you protect at all costs. There's, there's nothing more important than that because if you've got that right, all the other stuff that goes on around it, you know, it's easy to change other things, but if culture's, culture's wrong, you're, you're fighting a losing battle, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we're lucky in a way because what we're talking about here is getting people together from a kind of social perspective to interact we don't we're not doing it fundamentally because we've got issues in the business of how we're working together remotely so it's only good how we're talking about it because we're trying to kind of give people that human touch but actually we feel and it's not just this us as a team around the table as a business we're working incredibly incredibly well together um all from our wherever our home or work base is you know so what we do now as you going back to the culture, as you say, this is only going to really solidify and cement kind of the good foundation we've already got of the culture. It's about kind of giving people that, you know, touch. It's a, it's a really good point. It's like it's the added extra now. Like yeah. we've, we've got through two years of being able to prove that we can adapt to anything and we want the good bit back. Yeah. And we're going to work Absolutely. out how to do it. Yeah, I think obviously, like you say, people have do have varying reasons why some people do want to meet up, some people might be the person that's in a country on their own and might not find it accessible. So I guess it's how do we approach team wellbeing from like the remote environment aspect. Maybe go to you, Erica, for that one. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I I could talk about wellbeing all day. Um, I think it's it's a really important subject. Um, but a lot of people see it as like an add-on. So it's like here, work eighty hours. No, you can't have a pay rise. Or here, I have a mouse mat with an inspirational quote on it. And it's it's not real well-being. It's kind of sticking a plaster over a you know a bullet hole or whatever the expression is. And I think well-being's got to be integrated into how you actually work rather than it being something that you just chuck in as an afterthought because your team have told you that they're stressed. Um, it's, I think well-being is something we do quite well, um, but obviously there's always room for improvement. So we make sure that the way we do things support people's well-being. So we offer genuinely really flexible working hours, for example. And um, when we first went remote, the team said we did a survey of the team, you know, just to find out how they were getting on and what they thought. Um, and a huge proportion of people said that it had really impacted their work-life balance in a positive way. Um, and also the added flexibility of the working hours means that people can do the school run they don't have to rush around you know during the winter we said to people you know take two hours for lunch take a chunk of time out in the day and make it up later um we also i touched on it before also have a real culture of autonomy and experimentation which does wonders for people's well-being um and it, it doesn't have to be things that are lunchtime yoga which we do do because the team was a terrible example because no I don't I don't do it I set up and I didn't do it which is terrible um but the we've got uh you know we offer sick pay uh for example um 
we let we support people where possible if they want to travel and work now that the world's opening up a little bit um we partner new starters up with a buddy you know we make sure people's home working spaces are set up properly you know they get all the equipment they need like a desk a chair you know do they want a monitor you know we support all of that side of things um and we listen to what they want and need because it's really easy as an employer to say oh we're going to give you all this stuff but if that's not what the team wants and it's not what they find valuable then it's just a waste of everybody's time um so obviously we do things that we think would be helpful so the team has access to things like an employee assistance program mental health support um but you know financial well-being sessions we have done lunchtime yoga and mindfulness sessions because that's what people wanted um but we don't kind of like force force things on people and then we also did a a equality and diversity survey with the team and one of the the requests that came out of that was to have pronouns in slack so that's something that we could easily do um but that again makes a huge difference to some people's mental well-being being able to share that with the team um and i think it's really important as well as a as a people person um often you know you're the one that's kind of you're there for lots of people often in quite a past pastoral role i never ha- know how to pronounce that yeah, uh, past- right. pastoral it's a pastoral <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah um so it's, so it's really important um, that you make sure as a people person you've got a really good peer network. Um, so I found some really great networks outside of Space 48 um, of people who do a similar job to me. So I think when you're looking after the well-being of the team, it's it's really important that you look after your own well-being as well. So I just thought I'd say that in case there's people doing my role listening to this um, because I found that sort of advice really helpful. I can't pour from an empty jug. No. I just think what you do really well, though, is just because it was, um, like, we've we've not said put something in stone and said, right, we're going to do this for the next 12 months. Like, if it's not working, you change it. Or if you get feedback that we should do it slightly differently, we change it. Um, I think that's really important, rather than making some big top-down decision, you know. We're now, we're right now, everyone's got to come to yoga on a Wednesday. Well, maybe, but did you say maybe to that invite? Yeah, I did yeah. you? Did I did yeah, maybe as well. Maybe, yeah. It's okay, I didn't, I, I wasn't judging, don't worry. Yeah. Or was busy. I? It's very good. <laughs> I it's know. very good. Just busy. Alluding to me not being, <laughs> 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 making time for well being. Yeah. But just one more thing on, on well being. Sorry, before I, I'll stop talking a minute. It's just in it, it talking about integrating it into the way we work. Um, things like sort of praise and recognition as well are really important for people because people need to feel have a sense of like psychological safety when they're at work don't they you want people to share things with you as an as a member of the team um but also with each other um so giving people praise and honest feedback and and sharing successes and stuff is another thing that we do that's that's good for well-being it's not the sort of thing you'd see on a well-being webinar but it's it's stuff that's important anyway I think what Space 48 does with the lollipops and elephants yes. is, is, I mean, it's a it's a small thing. It's just emojis that we use in Slack nowadays. But you can almost, like, I, I from my own perspective, I feel like on a weekly basis, if all I did was look at the lollipops and the elephants, I'd pretty much know where things were going well and where things weren't going well. So if I didn't, if I had no other touch points, if I had no other metrics or KPIs or numbers to look at, I could pretty much judge what the, what the business is doing and kind of know where I might be able to help or support or coach or mentor or whatever it may be, or maybe changes that we might look to look to do. And I think the fact that that makes it um, so open that anyone can do that, anyone can give someone else praise or anyone can, you know, say, oh, I thought there's a bit of a problem in it over here and, you know, put, the, put in that there's an elephant. Um, it makes sure that all those little things don't become a big thing. 
which I, I can I can associate with that I feel like I've seen in another iteration of Space 48 a few years ago quite a few years ago now but um, you know all those little things just add up but we've got this great way and a very simple way of just uncovering little small issues that are going on and then actually showing um, to the business how we're making change it might be worth just explaining for the for anybody who doesn't where we use slack as a comms tool which means obviously for instant messaging um, and you have the ability to add an icon or just add a a uh, flair to a comment um, and be, encourage people to put a lollipop on something where they want to let people know they've done a good job uh, or they just see something that's really positive. Um, and on the other side of it, anyone's free to put an elephant, which is for an elephant in the room where something is just, it just it's wrong, it's daft. And the nice thing is because we use Slack for with our customers, um, so they're in there as well. We use it um, for internal comms and we have channels for practically everything. You can crowdsource, exactly as John said, all the positive stuff. Uh, and all the negative stuff. So I don't I don't need to and I don't want to be in every channel reading what everybody's doing and saying, but I do want to know if there's a problem. Uh, and equally, I want to know when someone's done something well because we want to elevate those people that have done something great. Um, and I want to genuinely fix anything that isn't working. I think it's quite, yeah, it's like a simple yet effective tactic, isn't it? Like also it makes people feel more comfortable about opening up whether they want to give praise to someone, but also more down the elephant in the room it's easier for people to open up about a problem and yeah. speak to one another. Some, sometimes, sorry to jump in there, sometimes you'll see someone else in the team might say something about a thing and then maybe someone who's been around a little bit longer or sees it in a slightly different way will then jump in and go, no, actually, this needs to be talked about. Like, this is this is an issue. And they'll put their comment in and put an elephant on it as well. So that very um, collective way of operating and working together means that I think we get... A better result and rather than just trying to concentrate on making huge big changes in the business which are impossible if you're going for something too big we end up getting something small that is easy to take an action on so we can almost take actions even week by week and say okay there's that little problem what we're going to do to change it and obviously we report back on that in the in the weekly top 20 meeting which jake clearly loves uh well i do because I, I do like the content but I, the thing i <laughs> I genuinely love about the elephants and the lollipops is I think it's one of the best examples we've got of something that works only remotely. I cannot imagine how much fun it would be in the office if we were all in one place and we were, I don't know, you give each other a lollipop every time you said something positive, uh, which we did try, to be fair, for a little for a, a couple of weeks before we went remote, but then equally, how do you do the elephant thing? We just have, like, baby elephants walking around the office. Yeah. or Which, arguably, would be amazing. <laughs> That'd be good, wouldn't um, it? <laughs> An elephant cuddly toy. Yeah, there's the thing. You, yeah. you, you know, just walk yeah. up to someone and put it on the desk. <laughs> I don't like what you said. <laughs> don't call me an elephant. <laughs> I think we've covered quite a lot around uh, relationships within the business. Um, thinking more about outside the business, so bringing on new customers, new business pitches, um, along those lines. Stephen, you deal a lot with that as part of your role. How have you found that? Uh, tricky at the start, very tricky at the start, um, because without wanting to give away too many trade secrets here, <laughs> dangerous. Yeah, be careful. Uh, have to be very careful here. But I think, like, you know, just got oh, feels like we're just like we all met up before we came in, and so just let, let's hammer home the culture in this podcast, will we? Uh, but it is a really important thing because what you're trying to do as a business in new the new business cycle is try to get across the culture that exists within the business and to see whether there's a fit. And I think pre-pandemic, that required a lot of coordination because you wanted a lot of people in the room making sure that 
the people on the upside of the table that you were talking to and that you were trying to sell to could see the great people that you work with and how you're trying to get that that kind of culture across. It's actually weirdly easier to do it now because it's just a call. You don't have to like organize travel or go down, go for me, hop on a plane for every pitch. Uh, really good for the environment as well, I guess, at one level. So, and that's it. That's actually been re- that's been like, I think the fundamental change in the pitch process is having uh, I used to I used to actually get really nervous face to face. I think you've confined yourself a lot more relaxed when you know when you have the protection of the screen you can like prepare like I have here with all my notes in front of me to make sure that I'm ready for the curveball that might come um so yeah like I I've, I found it easier I find that it's easier to get across culturally the team because it's easier to coordinate a bid team in inverted commas when you're going to talk to a customer because you can just get them to dial in um, we've got great facilitation tools. We use a lot of really cool tools now because we're remote and we can explain those tools to our customers by sharing screens. It's not weird and awkward and it, we've got really slick at it, I guess. Um, and and without being like a slick sales organization, I think we're, uh, what we're trying to do in the sales process is trying to, and the new business process is trying to create a connection with the business. Um, and I think we have become, over the last couple of years, really effective in being able to do that. And I think it's a, it's a kind of a, an art, it's kind of like a flag for the future relationship as well as if we can do that. Because ultimately, what we're going to end up doing is delivering the project remotely. You know, so if we've got to create that connection, they can buy into us remotely. Um, then we can deliver the project remotely, as as we've done like multiple times over the course of the pandemic. So because we've been able to do that over the next two years, there's no reason why we have to jump into a car or jump on a plane and come and meet you physically in a room in order to, you know, to 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 have a connection and to solve problems. We can do all that remotely. We've got the great we've got great people, great communication skills, great tools, um, and a great culture. Um, so I feel like though, is it is it one of those things that again, if we'd not have, if the pandemic hadn't have happened, would oh, we I'd, have still, ever, I'd still be traveling. We have to it. be traveling. I wonder, like, why some of the feedback we got in the, I'd say, the first couple of months from customers was that because we fell into it quite comfortably, because we already were ready to do it, and we just hadn't made the decision to do it, um, they felt really comfortable and safe that they were going well. Space for yeah, just get on with it. So we'll like they were thinking, well, we'll be okay. Yeah. Like, as long like we we need to work out. They had to be fair. Most of the businesses we work with had bigger challenges than we had, yeah. but they just immediately felt the confidence of going. It'll it'll be all right. Mm. You know, they've like, they've got our back. Um, and it'd be interesting now that's going to change again. Yeah. You know, do people want it back? You know, are yeah. we do we need to be on the? Well, uh, we're starting to see it. We're starting to see mm. businesses going back to the office. We were starting this week. I was talking to a customer face to face for the first time since in two years, two and a half years. So it's it's definitely starting to come back in. Um, I think we have to, at one level, kind of protect our way of working though, because I think if we're going to stay true to remote, we have to stay true to it. I still think you're going to have like times when you need to go and talk to the customer and that'll that'll inevitably happen. But I think, you know, we need to stick to our guns at one level and say that this is the way we work. And if you're willing to work with us in this way, we're both going to be successful. Yeah. Set your stall out from the start. Set your stall out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I I do agree with that. I think like you, Stephen, I've seen, obviously more people feel more comfortable meeting up again now. So 
it's probably still part of the process for some for some uh, prospects or customers. Um, but I'd still I'd still say that the the initial part, which can actually be really time consuming, where you're just kind of getting to know the customer, mm. trying to understand the project, trying to understand where they're at with the brief. Um, a lot of that, well, all that's still remote. Mm. It's when you get some way down the line that they're really maybe looking for that yeah. just final confidence sort of, mm. uh, or tick in the box that they've seen you face to face. Yeah, yeah. Then that's that's maybe where it's where it. Uh, like they say, they just want to you know look in the whites of your eyes and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, you, are we going to trust you with this big yeah, project because yeah. it's really important to the business and obviously the projects we're working on, working on, they're all you know they're all e-commerce uh, business platforms that are revenue generative for the business. So um, fundamentally, it, it comes down to delivering a great platform and product for a business that that delivers more money for them. Hannah, I'm going to come to you next. So looking at the business from in the last two years, like 2020 to now. What like we've obviously grown a lot. What yeah. do you think has contributed to this? Is remote a part of it? Um, well, the pandemic's a part of it, mm-hmm. uh, without a doubt, because of the space we're in. It's that first year, our growth. Well, the last two years we've grown um, very strongly year on year. Um, but definitely being in e-commerce, you know, it it's lent itself. We've you know fortunate to be in the space we're in that as everyone kind of went home and closed the doors and businesses are trying to kind of rally um, as their shops are shut in, anyone who had a pound to spend, they were throwing it at the website. Um, And in different ways. So I'm not going to go into anything technical because that's not my remit. Um, So in that respect, you know, we were in the right space at the right time. But we also, you know, we we came into it prepared, as we've talked about. Um, So the team went home uh, with their equipment, and actually, some of them naturally are more introverts. So it really, you know, their output, and I don't mean kind of more hours at the keyboard type of thing, but actually the quality of their work. Uh, they didn't have the distraction of uh, people in the office. They could just get their heads down and do what they did and do very well. They didn't have the commutes. So in some respects, there was a lot of pressure taken off people that goes around kind of coming into the office in that commute. Um, and, yeah, so the growth happened steadily, quickly. The resourcing of the team uh, grew. We we went overseas very quickly with our resource. Um, and that's and it's continued for the last two years. And, and because of that, we've got better. We've attracted different clients, more clients, bigger clients. We talked about the projects, the projects we've taken on and we've delivered in kind of a remote way. Never meeting some of these clients is incredible, but the quality of the work we do... Um, I don't want to kind of hammer home the culture, but the culture is really important in terms of kind of what our output is because people feel, you know, as you said, the safe environment. We've become very, not necessarily sympathetic, but we've got a lot of empathy for what's going on for people outside of the office. Very easy to come into an office. You're very busy and you expect people to react to how busy you are and what you need. And what you don't take into consideration is what they're bringing into the office. And so some people can be in, come in five, ten minutes, half an hour late, and there can be that kind of, where have you been, type of thing. I think a lot of that has gone now. We have a real understanding of what affects people outside of work, whether that's children, whether that's the environment they work in, whether it's they've got new pets and they've not slept all night. And and all of this feeds into kind of what's become very good and kind of increased um, we can talk about revenue as growth. We can talk about bottom line as growth. We can talk about headcount as growth. 
Um, and we talked about it before in terms of growing our reputation, our brand, um, going global, really. And we've really done that. Uh, but we've done it and we continue to do it from a really rock steady foundation and whether it's the tools the culture the hiring um and also with the clients that we bring on we make we don't take on everyone that comes to us because it wouldn't be right to do it so you know you're involved molly in the process anyway of kind of um seeing who comes in inbound on our clients and picking the right ones so that also our staff and our team are working on projects they really want to work on it challenges them it stretches them it excites them and all of that's really really important so it's you know it's easy for me to talk about the numbers you know that's my job that's that's kind of the important bit for my job to make sure it's right but the numbers are only going to be good if the business is producing good work and we're taking on good clients and we've got good people um, so I definitely say it's it's so many kind of different factors that are fed into our growth. Um, and we don't see that kind of, we don't see what the barriers are for us to continue to grow in that fashion. We can still see huge, immense amount of talent in this space that we can bring on um, and different, different types of skill sets that we can bring in that can complement. And that's the same with the clients. We talk to the team about what kind of clients they work on. People feed in. It's very collaborative. It doesn't mean we can get them all, but, you know, we'll give it a good go if we think we can actually, there's an opportunity there. So that's, I think that's really, really important, the kind of dynamics in the business for the growth. And so we've done really well. We've done mm. really well. Definitely. We have. Thank you. I think that's quite a nice place to just ask one final question. What's next for Space 48? Open to all? Everyone's looking at me right now. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> um, more of the same. Mm-hmm. That's an easy answer, isn't it? Um, but I think Space 48 are in a, a really good place. Uh, we have had successful growth over, over the past couple of years. Um, we're very fortunate and lucky to be in a market that has got this type of opportunity that we've got. Uh, we're going through an exercise at the moment to, uh, I guess, better try and understand how we... Um, how we're structured as a business, which doesn't just mean hierarchy. It means like how do we communicate as a business that's now nearly 100 people? What business systems do we need in the business? What processes do we need to complement that? How do we organise ourselves? Like who, do, who does what? So um, at the moment, this exercise we've been going through is quite, quite insightful that we're all getting on the same page and kind of going, right, this is where we are right now. But to actually think about the future, you really have to stretch your mind a little bit and you have to go, okay, well, you know, we're about 100 people now and we've probably grown by about 50 in the past year. So will we just grow by another 50? But we'll probably grow by more. So when you start thinking like that and you start thinking about, well, what can change in the business and how are we going to keep everything that's great about Space 48, like the culture, I'm going to say that, I will say it again because it is the most important thing. It is the thing that we have to protect at all costs. Protect that, everything takes care of itself to some degree, um, providing we've got the market, which we which we do have. So... Um, I think the future looks really good for us. Um, I think we've got some challenges to overcome. I think there's there's going to be, um, you know, changes that we have to make. You know, and that's that's the hard thing about about businesses. Certain changes you've got to make to allow it to allow this business to to grow. Um, that makes out like I've I've got some kind of influence over it as well. I have to a certain extent, but as the business grows and gets bigger. It is literally just that the influence does get smaller and you are literally trying to encourage the business 
and guide it in the right direction as opposed to say, you know, this is the thing, this is what we've got to do. Because obviously that'd be a, a completely different culture and not very Space 48. Um, so yeah, I think we're in a great market. I think we've got um, some exciting opportunities to look at. Uh, we are looking at an acquisition at the moment, um, it's like, which is exciting, but we know it's going to be a challenge at the same time. I think we've got we're fortunate we've got some experience of doing that before successfully with a with another small agency that we acquired called Meanby. Um, where obviously a few of the guys that are still with the team uh, are from. So um, yeah, the future is exciting, um, and we'll we'll see we'll see where we are in another twelve months time. Nice, exciting times ahead. Um, I think that's a good place to wrap up unless anyone else has anything to add. No, well, thank you for coming on the Spacebar podcast. And thank you to our listeners. If you'd like to know more about Space 48, visit www.space48.com. You've been listening to Spacebar, a podcast brought to you by Space 48. We're a UK leading CX and e-commerce platform specialist. If e-commerce content's your thing, then please be sure to subscribe to hear more. Do you like what you've heard or is there room for improvement? Please leave us a review and let us know what you think. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank <laughs> you.